Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who has a backside that is looking better. Now, I haven't seen it, uh, apart from when he's been in the water, um, and no, that doesn't mean he's wearing a bottomless wetsuit. It actually, I am referring to his backside surfing, going backhand. Yeah? Yeah. yeah you see what I did there? Yeah. So, um, well done. So like, a little bit of spray out the back, a couple of feet, just a couple of feet of spray, like a little bit of spray out the back. It all counts, doesn't it? And the funny thing with spray as surfers is it's certainly shortboarders, longboarders less so, but shortboardy vibes, it's... If you see a photo of yourself producing a lot of spray off the wave, it's like, ooh, wow, great. Which, of course, is completely irrelevant. It's entirely ego-driven. <laughs> yeah. It's entirely based on your ego. Here's what's interesting, however. Like anything, there's a paradox involved. If you are producing buckets of spray in that photo, you probably felt your best ever because your best turn will probably produce the most spray because you're the thing about spray is the paradox is when you're least concerned with producing it and you're just surfing the wave bang hit it do yep. the next bit you're in the flow and because your body's more powerful the rail is digging in deeper blah 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 so you have a nicer looking backside that's producing spray now take that where you will <laughs> i'll be spraying all over your backside soon you are off and he said oh, it right. <laughs> He said it. He said it. He sprayed. I sprayed. I sprayed. Thing is, actually, I sprayed you in the face. I sprayed you in the face, and one of our friends at the show called Rory in the face with my backside um, a couple of years ago. Now, this analogy, you could just keep going. With oh, it. please shut up. You could keep going with it. The only trouble is, is it was white foam, and you go, yeah, Ooh, that's, uh, oh, that doesn't sound healthy." Uh, white foam coming out your backside—that's not good. See a doctor. See it, see a doctor. No, it but was. We've, it, it, we've, we've, and a happy new year, mindful yeah. surfers, because we've had a bit of a time off, haven't we? Through various bits, pieces, ailments, Christmas trips, time away. Um, so we are back in the studio well into the new year, but we have done quite a fair bit of surfing over that period of time. Tons of surfing. There's so much to cover, but it's one of these ones where, first thing I want to say is it's so nice to be well again. Having caught uh, de COVID, as I yeah. say, because uh, in Ireland they always use this. Oh, you've duh. had a bit of the COVID. The, yeah, you've had a little bit of co the COVID, um, and it it humbled me for sure. Haven't been that ill for for a number of years, ten years maybe. I got swine flu in of all places Hawaii when I was twenty four. I'm thirty seven now, so it's the illest I've been in thirteen years. But sw I have to say, swine flu really floored me and I was 12 years younger and that put me in bed for about seven or eight days I'd yeah. say and with the COVID as a comparison two days yeah of not not good only just about able to get out of bed on the second day third day still a bit tired etc um but it's it's nice it's a nice feeling to be back um and feeling much much better and feeling pretty much 100% because what it does is it gives this great appreciation of wellness. Yeah. It's something that we take for granted every day. But when you have a little bit of a bug, no matter yeah. how strong or not, it's that bit of appreciation. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It so it's good to be back. Wipe shut a bit. What was really nice was not having you in the lineup. Well, I know. <laughs> I, I Any lineup without me in is going to be quieter 
and you probably will get more access to way waves. more waves way more waves which was a delight really correct nice to see that you've recovered <laughs> but it's, at the I've same recovered, time and I've recovered it was nice surfing empty em, empty waves and the thing is with, with with my wave count is it's it's actually the reason why I have a high one is because of obviously fitness but it's actually I'm I have a very I get tremendous joy out of just getting a wave what we often find in surf is you wait for the set wave right you get a wave and then you're paddling back out. Now, what happens is no one's getting those ones on the way back out because they're all smaller. But actually, we know this, don't we? That the smaller ones in most beaches around the world, and I've said this, I can say this having surfed in Bali, Hawaii, and other big, you know, Portugal, etc. that when you get your smaller set on the inside, they're normally better shape. They peel more. So you kind of go, I like this kind of tactic of, you know, get a wave. As you're paddling back out, stay shallower to let other people do their thing out the back. And then you get this kind of, and actually if you keep going between kind of stay in a bit, yeah. come out a bit, stay in a bit, come out a bit. I think you end up with a higher wave count. You, of course. In the end. But um, you were shredding, dude. That surf, you surf better on your backside on that surf than I've seen before, yeah. which is great. I think you, you had a, a better body angle because it's very difficult backside to know... Like, so you're going side onto the wave with your back to it. And it's how do you get yourself, like, doing the cardboard? You know, you've got yeah. to be able to whip your hands up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, a, it's weird. It's weird how Ombi started sort of coaching people with this, this cardboard trick, which you must check out if you haven't already. The cardboard surfer. Cardboard surfer. You have a piece of cardboard on the floor, a piece of slippery floor, and you sort of throw your hands out to make the cardboard slide. Now, when you're backside surfing... It is absolutely vital you do the, the throw of the hands because that's what sort of flings you into the next yeah. section. And it can feel a bit ungainly and a bit funny, but you've got to learn a, a way of, of, of developing a sort of backside pumping technique because it, it's, it's, it's hands and hips, isn't it? You, you yeah. sort of compress and extend. And as you come up, you push forward with your lower body essentially in your hands. Yes. And, and that kind of propels you forward yes. as well. So you're not just static. It can, you, 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 because you're rising you become lighter yeah. in gravity and then you, it takes you forward. Yes. But it does work really, really well. It, it does. And then, and then the next skill in that process is learning when to then, once you've developed all this speed, is when to then just quickly point your board to the beach, fully point the nose of the board to, to the sand and then whip it round in for that, for that turn. Yeah. And that's an art form. That takes many, many years to develop. You, 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 you have top guys that I see today and they fit in this extra turn, I call it, you know, you got, you know, your average surfer doing one or two good turns on a wave. And then you sort of get these really top surfers who are getting their third turn in. And it's interesting because they fit it in where you don't think you could. Mm -hmm. And it's in the steepest part of the wave. It's in that real power pocket. And they just quickly fit it in whack off the top. And that's a, that's part of that game that we're all working on. Okay. You know, how can you fit in, Higher and tighter manoeuvres, but more of them. Yeah, and most people, um, I, my, I, me included, still race away from the power pocket. That's it. And, you, and you see that a lot in the sort of um, the beaches that we surf, where people are up and they're riding, but it's very much a down the line, wait till it fizzles out and then they're off. Whereas those kind of, you know, as Clayton would say, you know, and those power surfers come back to the pocket, up, back to the pocket, and, up, and they get so much more from that w w ride than you would if you just sort of race away from the power zone. So no, it was really good. And it was, it's good to keep practicing that. One thing I wanted to say today, today on, on the surfing kind of bit that we, we, we're chatting about here 
is that having surfed a lot, I went back to my foamy, the Mick Fanning, um, over the early Christmas and New Year period and really rode that in waves that previously I would have taken out a puddle jumper or the Luke Short. Um, and then to get off it and go back to the puddle jumper, having spent some time on that, has improved some of my surfing because it takes a lot more to get that foamy going than it does anything else I've ever ridden. But once you then start moving that around, like a weight vest, you take it off and you can do more pull-ups or whatever. So it really, really has helped me think, okay, every time I sort of get to a st- sticking point, I'll go back to a board that's more, a bit more challenging maybe and then then go back to a sort of more high, high in inverted commas, a higher performance board. So it's, it's been really interesting few weeks really. Really cool. To get back in and out of that. I, I think that we've discussed the puddle jumper thousands of times and done Matt Barless, you know, I think his share price lost, started going up yeah. when we started our show pretty much hand in hand. Just can't. As well as a few more murdered bodies as well, yeah. like, you know, with this theme that we've got going. Um, by the way, if you haven't followed the show for a long time, we, we, we do have this theory that Matt Biolis is, is a gangster. But anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, sort of underworld for the Soprano style. Some, the, soprano. the Sopranos of the surfboard. Correct. Board. If he is, we're he's in got trouble. Ad- <laughs> we can, <laughs> listen, <laughs> if Matt's listening, well, listen, well, I think Matt is a listener. Yeah. I think he's, a, he's, he's a, one of our number one fans. Um, tunes in every week. Tunes in every week that he appreciates our, our, our sort of take on what he does. But the puddle jumper... Out of all the boards I've ever owned, it makes surfing the easiest. That board, when you're on a waist, well, even knee, knee, waist, shoulder, head high, maybe getting on for one, two feet overhead wave, what it does is it gives you this bottom turn, top turn that's unlike any any board I've ridden where, for whatever reason, the way the tail's built... um, with this kind of V at the back of the of the, of the fins, or the positioning of the fins and all these things, it just gives you this incredible ability to take off on quite a soft shoulder, but still bottom turn and then come back off the pocket. And, I, and I've never had that on a board ever um, because as a, as a sort of average surfer, it's, it's helped me do a, a, what I feel is above average turns. So it's, it's it aided in that process. The only caveat to that is, and the downside is, because it makes surfing easier, you can get lazy on the puddle jumper. And, and, that, and that is what Ombi have discussed before. Yeah. And I completely empathise with what they're saying, um, that my surfing can definitely get lazy when, when I'm on the puddle. So I have two other boards that I mix things up with. One is the short board. I have, I have a 6.4 Almeric Flyer, just traditional PU, that is that is somewhat harder to generate speed on so when you're ever on a shortboard a proper pointy nose shortboard they don't give you speed at all you have to power surf in the pocket otherwise that's it end of ride and then you start doing this really ungainly sort of foot slap the squash the beer can the squash the beer can so if you don't want to do that you have to be on your rail now the other one i have is I have this longboard thing that's really like a foamy thing that's just trashed and is still going after 18 years. Bought it for 50 quid. And it's my kind of go-to tiny wave board for like just, you know, one foot, maybe two foot surf. And that one is just so hard to balance on. Mm. When you're on it, you're sort of wobbling around and you've got to try and hang five and that's wobbly too. And the the balance of it all is really tricky. And what's cool is those two boards, like yourself, Liam, are like training vehicles 
to come back to puddle. Yeah. Because in the end, this is this quest that we're all on a surface and it's a bloody art form, I tell you. It's the balance of joy with taking on some sort of ambition. Yeah. Because we can all, we do this, we can all go a little bit one way or the other. And I know surfers that just go, oh, just fuck it. Just get on your phone me every time and have a good time. Great. If that's your deal, that's awesome. Just do that. And then I know other surfers who are relentless on their pursuit of fins, what waves they surf, how they surf. They want video footage of themselves. Do, 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 do. Include myself in that bracket probably. Who really have the ambition of getting better. And we all know that the more fun you're having, the better you're surfing. But the, but the better you're surfing, it also means that it's because you've taken it seriously enough that you have put time in the gym and you've put time into your boards and you've had to fork out a lot of cash to get those boards right. And you've got to, you know, it's a lot of investment of time. It's a lot of investment of money and, and energy and all these things. So where we all are on that curve um, is about self-awareness. It is. And you, you've done, I think you've done really well with your, your boards lately because you, you've got this kind of fun deal going with the Mick. Yeah. But like you said, it actually gives you um, just enough of a chance to put a turn in that then when you go back to the puddle, bang, you've put that work in. Like you said, you've, it's, like, it's, like, it's like having a weighted vest, isn't it? Oh, it's just like going out and taking free kicks in the garden day after day. That's it. And then hopefully when you go to a match, you'll, um, you'll score a goal. There you go. Not that I'm being invited on the WSL tour anytime soon. <laughs> well, listen, with your backside, dude, you could go on the WSL tour and just be the thong guy. Listen, in my head, I'm doing the Mason Ho kind of pop up, get in the barrel, come out, smiling, having a good time. It, how it looks on film, who cares? Bang, bang, bang. But it's, 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 this, it's definitely this challenge that we all have. I think, I think that art form is assisted by self-awareness, like we said. And one of the aspects of self-awareness that we can all do, and we would both attest to this, mine with not wanting to ride smaller waves and yours with not wanting to ride bigger waves, is that we can all benefit from either of those two things. Of course. Because if I have to then go into, into smaller waves, I have to develop more speed. I've got to pump better. I've got to be even better with my manoeuvres. Because the thing with small waves, they don't give you the time and space. You've got to get that fit that in. It means that when I go back to a head high day or head and a half, whatever... I'm going to be even more precise. I'm going to pump down the line better, et cetera. So I think it's not only switching up your boards, it's switching up the surf spots you ride too. That will always give you something. You know, if you have to go into bigger stuff, you know, it means that when you then go back to a smaller day, you're probably better. You'll, you'll, you'll have more confidence too because you're like, God, this is just, I could just do this all day long. So there's lots of little, there's always these benefits in, in what we do here, but it's an art form, isn't it? Because you've got to also then know yourself well enough to know what end of that, f f you know, oh, just fuck it, do a foamy every time curve you're at versus, you know, being relentless about your pursuit and your ambition. So, you know, where we are on that curve is a real self-awareness game, isn't it? But going back to your surfs, um, what, what were they like in our hometown? Because you had a number of them. There were some really good ones, and, and you know, and, and and talking about board selection, one of the reasons that we often ride things like puddle jumper or foam is because we've got quite slack waves. They're very soft and often lacking power. So the the more kind of voluminous voluminous the board is, um, good word, the better 
it often performs on on slacker waves um so but we had a mixture of days some some stuff was absolutely pumping from our from our perspective and then others were sort of small and slack as they usually are. Um, but what's been interesting is a bit of shifting sandbanks across the beach of late. And so there's some new little peaks that pop up, which I found really, really fun to, to ride. Um, and crowds in that? Uh, Has there not, been any of that? It's getting more crowded, but in some of those peaks, there's, there's not so many people knocking about. The other thing that's interesting when it comes to sort of surfs is that it all, also comes to the familiar, familiarity of a wave and where it breaks and how it breaks and that sort of thing. And by no means am I saying that the waves that we surf here are heavy. They can be on certain days, easterlies particularly, or very, very strong southwesterly. But the the sort of higher the tide sometimes creates quite a steep, shallow shore break. Yeah, and definitely. You know, certainly I would have said two or three years ago, a lot of those I would just wouldn't paddle into and catch because just mind rather than anything else. And now that I'm sort of more familiar with this uh, point, uh, you, you paddle into it and you catch it, and it's st- and you you if, when you come off, you're in not far off sort of ankle deep water, but the joy of that takeoff and that speed of as it gets shallower and shallower as it comes up onto the beach is just epic. Um, so it's kind of like a mini shore break, but I love surfing that now. That's it's really the, cool. That's where there's a real point in the tide where you think this is the this is the peak fun. It's really um, cool. But that's where a foamy will come in as well because yeah. it doesn't matter if it hits the stones on the way out. No, no, it's Love fantastic. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that over the festive period. The festive period. I, it, we've discussed this a lot. I've, I, I'm, I am not built very well for steep takeoffs and barrels and things like this, although I try and have that in my life. And then the other way around is that you are. It's really, really mm. cool paradox. Your, your snap, I've said this before, is so on point. I, I don't even see you do a snap when you snap. It's like you just drift up onto your feet, like because you're so low to the board, but your hips are incredibly, incredibly mobile. That you, how deep your squat is. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who wants to get better at surfing, Jesus, try and work on your squat and get and work on how deep you can make that squat comfortably. And Best BG song ever, wasn't it? How deep is your squat? Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, that's pun of the day. We'll take yeah. that one. But basically, yeah, no, and it is you. You are, I think, destined for some sort of pipeline. <laughs> yes. Fucking right on, man! You maybe. could do it in another life. You, in maybe. another life, in another life. But I want to, what I want to mention as well is is um, is crowds because when I was on my holiday for Christmas, I was surfing down the coast uh, again, still south coast, but much further down the coast in in towards more Dorset, Hampshire <clears throat> region, and. It's it's very very uncrowded around there for some reason. I think they have bought- <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. I've just I've just spilt the beans. Oh, where's all these people come from? It's that fucking idiot on mindful surfer again. <laughs> Listen, I, this this would be this would be like letting out the cat out of the bag. That's the, the, and then everyone's seen the cat for the last fifteen years because you know all these spots are just known. But what you have around those ways is you have <clears throat> uh, Kimmeridge, which is world famous, I think. Uh, at least in <laughs> at least UK famous, you have Kimmeridge and you have Bournemouth, and they have a real magnet to those two. In particular, Kimmeridge because it's 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 just a great way. What are they calling that? K Bay, K Bay, and it's it's classic, isn't it? It's like J Bay, but um, it is good. It is is inc- an exceptional wave. Um, c- going down the coast, you have got lots more spots happening, da, da 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 da, and they all pick up a fair bit of swell. They pick up more swell than we live where where we live, um, but they're kind of quite big, and they just have a lot of peaks and. 
to the to the untrained eye, you sort of look at it and you go, oh, and there's no one in. And once you're in, you're just, you're bottom turning, top turning, smacking the lip. And I had this amazing week of surfing with relatively few people on kind of pumping waves, like two, three, four feet overhead and often barreling and real meaty. And when you bottom turn, you can really feel the bottom turn kicking in because as we've discussed before, where we live, we don't really get to sort of bottom turn as such because the when, we, when we've when we gone down the wave, there isn't much to it. So, it. so we go like down the wave like that. We don't go down the wave like that. As in where I'm pointed with my hands, it's like the steepness of the wave. So because when you have a steeper wave, you, you you go down quicker and then it means you can come around faster. So it's like a bottom bottom turn thing. And it was this whole week of that. And it was great. And, and, and then I came back to home and obviously got sick. But then we went, I, I then surfed after getting better. And I went back past our main break and I looked across and was like, God, wow. And there was something like 30 in or something. Very, very crowded. And a couple of things come to mind. One, it's always a blessing to surf that crowd. It, 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 we've just discussed this before on the show. Liam and I are, are passionate about that. And we would always run an extra mile down the beach to avoid a crowd or, or drive to the next beach or, or try, try something else. Go for a lesser wave to be able to avoid a crowd, always, whatever, yeah. right? But here's the thing. Sometimes we have to accept the crowd. Now, there is a line since Mickey Dora himself, a.k.a. the King of Malibu, in the 50s and 60s, who was punching people in the face if they even got in his way. And there's great stories about Mickey Dora literally, you know, going down the line of someone and like pun- like pushing them off the wave. And Never just- heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> who is it? Have you not heard of Mickey Dora? Dora the Explorer. Dora the- <laughs> Um, it would have, if he'd have gone a bit if he'd have done a bit of exploring he wouldn't have had to punch so many people well, in the exa- face well said Liam yeah. well bloody said I'm going to get thrashed by the next well, Mickey Dora fan now. well quite exactly his book is really worth reading by the way his autobiography fascinating book um, and he was saying in the bloody 60s when the population of you know the surrounding area of Malibu would have been fuck knows what half I don't know he was talking about the crowd and in the 70s, you know, people were talking about the crowd in Australia. And in the 80s, people, you know. And this, you know, in England, and I, and I remember, in fact, this is, this, is, this is really me doing my anthropological data research here. Because in Surfing Britain, the book, the edition that I have is 2006. Yeah. Now, I got given that, I think, right at the start. So I got given that book, yeah, when I first started surfing. So started surfing. So this is like 14 years ago. In that book, it says things like, oh, yeah, and K-Bay's getting crowded these days as well. It's something to keep in mind. And you read <laughs> this phenomena of it's getting crowded, like it's as if it's sort of like year on year getting, with inverted commas, more crowded, I think is a complete myth. I truly believe that you can find uncrowded ways and find less crowded ways if you just have a mind that manifests yeah. that. If your mind is, I'm going to seek space and I'm going to be with my mates and I'm going to go down the beach, you will always find your own peak. But here's the interesting thing about, the, the, from a mindfulness, humanistic point of view, is that it's like we've said before, it's the same mindset of being sat in a traffic jam and going, God, it's all these idiots driving. And you're also in your car unconsciously sat behind a steering wheel. It's the same with surfing, isn't it? Getting to the most crowded beach at the peak of summer 
and saying, oh, my God, it's crowded. <laughs> or even a weekend. Yeah. You know, what do you expect? <laughs> it's a weekend. Yeah. Everyone's got time off. Yeah. So it's going to, you know, it, and it's, it's one of those ones where that analogy is absolutely perfect because we all slip into unconsciousness and we are sat in that trap, that proverbial traffic jam going, oh, fucking traffic. What's everyone doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And there you are sat in the fucking jam. Look at these idiots. Yeah, but it's just ridiculous. But it's one of those ones where with the right mindset, you can get those nuggets. Now, fair enough, sometimes you have to share it a bit more. Um, but even then, there's always lessons to be learned. You know, the, 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 you, you have to come away humbled by how few, many fewer waves you did get. But maybe what that does, and this is what it's always done to me, is make me go, fuck coming back here again at this time of day on this day. Yeah. I'm going to, I even, I even had a thought I'm going to go to the next beach and that's a lesser wave, but I didn't do it. But, but guess what? Now I've been taught a lesson by life. Thank you very much. I ain't coming back at this time. And when it, and when it says it's a, it's a five star swell, I'm not going to that break because invariably five star swell means everyone thinks it's a five star swell. Yeah. Right. And as we both know, Liam, we've had this on a number of occasions that, the best surfs you have as, uh, in this world, and this happens to all of us, is when the forecast is giving the least high-end, oh, it's going to be amazing Expectation. Report. Expectation. When you sort of rock down to the beach, and like the swell we had the other day, we rocked down to the beach, and I wasn't even expecting that much. I sort of took my foamy yeah. down as well as my puddle jumper, and I didn't know, you know, the forecast had said something like three feet at six seconds, you know, oh, whatever. Tide dropped away and like, what? Yeah. And we were just there. Sometimes you just got to get in and then see what happens. And they're the best serves, I think. Always. All, always. Always. Um, there you go, mate. Wow. That's, a, that's a bit of a catch up on everything. Recent events, well, it's isn't it? It's so good to be back in just having a chat, isn't it? Really? It's good. Although we did, a, uh, the surf trip we did the other day was cool as well, wasn't it? What a good little road trip. Such a nice road trip. And that was small ways, but it was fantastic because I definitely had this thing where I looked at it initially and went, okay, one to two is a slight challenge on a puddle jumper. It's kind of where I'm going, okay, maybe longboard. But once we were in, and we've had this a number of times, mm -hmm. if you bring the right kind of vibe, because I really had to check in with my vibe. We said, right, here's the sunshine great day lovely to be with the boys and the drive up is is just as fun as a surf and it's all just it's all good and i really had that in my head as we're going down the beach and i swear those little things you might want to call me wacky as fuck and be please please do because i am anyway that i feel like that you start to manifest that and you get in and just go yeah whatever it's small enjoy it and it actually turned out to be about three foot yeah it was peely wasn't yeah. it it was fucking ace really good and you were getting way like bombing down the line on those rights you had a couple of lefts where you were like we talked about earlier you were starting to really work at your your, your cardboard trick and you you were getting your pump down the line I think one you had you looked like you went 200 metres oh, it was really cool meters. I mean and it, it was just off throw another two foot it would have been throwing a, oh yep full almost well, we were tucking in weren't we yeah those little lips yeah really good fun good vibes bud. yeah good vibes good vibes back lad. we come good vibes lad great backside Great back, so it looked great in a mankini. Oh, my God. Um, Set so number two, bit of mindfulness uh, to just check in with the breath. So take a breath in through your nose. 
and breathe out. And take a breath in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. Okay, last breath. I want you to take a breath in. Hold your breath at the top and really notice what you can see. So take a breath in. Hold your breath. And really take in what you can see around you. And breathe out. Great work, guys. The... um. The ability we all have in which to become unaware of our own mind is vast. We, we all do this. All of us. Um, except when you come back and you come back to awareness, we don't know what that is, but we know that we're doing it. So your mindfulness practice becomes a journey of mindless. Oh, come back. Mindful. Oh, mindless. Where was I? Fuck, I was deep in thought, rabbit holes, anxiety, triggers there. And whoa, my goodness, I'm back. And I have a mantra at the moment, which is it's shut up and breathe. And that's not to force the mind to shut up. But my mind is... So, so good at creating problems within its own little sphere. And it starts to use this great stuff called evidence for it. Well, then, then but, but, you know, what about this? And then, and then what about that? And there's that over there. And, you know, what about that, that, that? And you st- the mind starts using all this past stuff that's gone on as evidence as to why... It's justifying its own fueling of this, mm, we'll call it anger sometimes or anxiety or whatever. And the reason why I like this shut up and breathe or shut up and stretch or shut up and work out or shut up and surf, like this kind of mantra, is because it's about just (laughs) shush. Because we know that 99% of our problems are things that have been created from within our own mind. The 1% that are real... It still is never necessary to ever be in a, a wound up state to deal with that. You know, if, if there is a, a, a fucking, you know, shark in the lineup, yeah, you can, your heart's going to start pounding or whatever, but you've you got to have your wits about you. you. You know, maybe put your feet and hands on your board or paddle away or just get a wave in and, you know, I don't know, whatever. Flapping about. In fact, it's a great analogy because, as we know, flapping around in the ocean, the, tight, the, the, the shark. Is like, right, where's, where's the injured seal? Yeah. You know, I'll go get... So even in the midst of literally there's a great white shark in the water, whatever, where, where it's actually justified that we have some fear, even then, stay calm. Shut up and paddle. But just do it gently and do it calmly. You know, it's... it's our quest is to quieten our mind enough that the truth comes through. And the truth is... People can have other opinions. People can have other values. There can be loads of different ideas in the world about what to do. 
with fucking all sorts of shit, all the way from how to look after your body to keep it healthy, all the way to like who you want to sleep with on a Friday night, what you want to wear when you're doing it. I don't know, fucking <laughs> whatever. Uh, everything in between. Everything in between that you, that, you, that you work on your mind enough to get to a place that it's quiet enough that that truthfulness of, of, of love and your being, being more important than you're doing comes through. Well, it's, it's the kind of strengthening of the mind as well through mindfulness practices as well that says, I was going to talk about this later, but I heard something, so, so, you know, we've been living in this time where it's, it, weirdly, it's more and more about be safe, but it's a very intrusive kind of safety that's been pushed on people, most recently with COVID and that sort of thing. And and the preying on a, a sort of sense of fear and an emergency, oh, everything's an emergency. Blah. And it, 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 it's a kind of, very easy way, I mean, that's not to digress too much, of outside forces trying to control you as a sort of independent yeah. human no, it, it, being. It you know? yeah. Because it sort of preys on those thought processes. And it's not, it's by design, it's not by accident. But this idea that, and the, the more the sort of 24-hour news cycles say there's an imminent whatever threat is, you know, war, terror, disease, famine, blah, 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 being afraid of another person over there, this kind of, there's a othering of people, this them and us, this kind of div div yeah. division, 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 that serves something further up the chain, but doesn't serve us as human uh, brothers and sisters in, 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 you know, under that one humanity banner, you know, what does Aubrey Marx call United Polarity, whatever it is, we're all in the same bucket together. But often you know we look at it from a sort of physical bodily strength that says i'm going to be fit for life and i'm training for today and all of that stuff which is great that's a part of our kind of philosophy really i suppose in that sort of mindful surfing thing you know you used to keep your body strong but a large part of that was also to keep your mind resilient and strong and robust so that would be almost a better place to kind of help people to stay strong physically spiritually and mentally uh, and, and would therefore create more uh, awareness of the here and now. You know, am I under imminent danger? Is is it is it everything that I think it might be? No, things are pretty good and mm. life's good. And, uh, you know, like you say, just shut up and breathe, dance, sing, whatever it might be to take you away from the distraction of yourself. But that distraction is exploited and preyed on by external forces as well. So... That kind of mantra also to stay strong rather than to stay safe on all aspects of you, to to build that kind of shield of resilience around it is really important, I think, when it comes to, you know, mind and body. And therefore, the mindful surfer philosophy is that mind-body stoke. If, if, you, if, you, if you're strong and resilient and you train and exercise in mind and you're strong and you're resilient and you train and exercise in body, the sort of the joy factor mm. goes up. Not all the time, because like, there's an ebb and flow to life. You can't, things aren't always going to get better and better and better. Sometimes it's going to be feeling like, they're, they're, you know, you're in a very dark place. But, you know, inevitably that will change and the good times will roll again. So the, the, the way of keeping more of an awareness of that, certainly for me in, in my last few years doing this with, with you, Will, is that it's it's building that resilience in mind and, 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 and trying, you know, to kind of, counter those internal thoughts mm, sometimes mm. but also all those external factors that influences in this sort of technological age that we're in big time and you know the universe is a great Eckhart Tolle quote which is the universe would never take you anywhere that you don't need to be 
So if, even if in the present moment you're really suffering, it's exactly where you need to be, right there to learn what you need to learn. And most of the time, it is resilience. And it's resilience. And it's also, uh, it's an appreciation of the temporary nature of all things. Because that's the, that's the biggest lesson that I've learned in my life just so far. That that incredible joy of that surf is temporary. And let's not cling on to it. And it's got to go, it's got to pass. That difficulty you've had, that frustration you felt, that trigger, that was probably mostly created from within your own mind, but the thing that you dealt with, because we all get triggered, we all do it either to ourselves or others do it to us, that then that passed. And each time it passes, again and again and again and again and again and again, you go, oh, yeah, that'll pass too. Because it always does. Is it always, it's so humbling that it just, and, you, and then people, well, the ego and, and, and unconscious, in unconscious states, people then go, well, how long? How long have I got to suffer? How long have I got to, how long will that joy last? And you, you, we don't include in this process of letting go time. That is the biggest mistake humans could ask. And it's why actually when we come onto this <clears throat> in a moment, because we and I, you and I are, are doing a bit of a nutritional hack uh, coming up soon. And we may as well come on to this now. This is our kind of, we'll come on to segment number three now with Mind Body Stoke. But the reason why this, this overlaps is what I wanted to mention in there anyway, which is that the, a lot of the reason why people fail on uh, dietary inter interventions on the one that we're discussing now, which is for me, I'm going to go back to carnival again. I've done it a few times. Um, but I've done many interventions in my life. I'm, I'm quite very experienced in them now, and it could be uh, a, a, a slight drop in calories for 21 days, 30 days. It could be a, um, a fitness challenge. It could be um, a change of macronutrients or, or the types of foods that I eat or whatever. And it always takes uh, a good period of time to, to achieve the results, but it takes a sort of mental resilience, basically. But what's interesting with that is I don't even think I can start to call it and want to call it resilience in the end because I think the biggest mistake and I've been working with clients for 15 20 years almost and so I've seen this million times that when somebody isn't just focusing on the meal at hand but there's this whole idea of 21 <gasps> 21 periods of 24 hours oh my god 30 days like how many of these and how many meals are got having that's the insane mind. That is the mind that, that fail, helps you fail on diets. That's the unconsciousness. So it's unconsciousness that leads to failure because it, it becomes too overwhelming. Whenever you're doing these things, if you're looking to make a change in your life, let's say it's to do with booze or you want to get leaner, so you want to follow, let's say, a low-carb diet for 30 days. You know, I've always recommended low, low, lowering your carbs for leaning out. And that will have a huge positive effect on your surfing. It will help your skin, brain, all these good things. There's loads of good benefits. And we can give you resources yeah. for, for how to do lower, lower carb stuff in a bit. But the most important thing of, of, of doing any intervention is to have a mind that is present. And that pervades into every area of life. There's no area of life that mindfulness isn't the most important thing. Because you go to do this dietary thing and you, if your mind is present... 
And all I'm going to be eating later on is an omelette. That's it. You know, it's, it's, it's to people who use the carbs and bread and toast and extra fruit and how am I going to? No, no. Get off that fucking how am I going to? And don't be so silly. Shut up, right? <laughs> that shut up thing's quite important in everything, isn't it? It's shut up and eat. Mm. Sit there and enjoy the texture, the taste of eggs and get to the end. Mine's present. How do you feel? Oh, I feel pretty good. Eggs, eggs make me feel pretty good. Okay, right. Are you still a bit peckish? Well, actually, yeah, I could eat. Okay, well, go, go and eat some more then. Let, let's listen to that. Maybe have a bit of salmon or a few more eggs or steak or whatever you're doing on your regime. Like I said, I'm doing carnivore, so that's, that's, that's no veg, no carbs. It's just animal products. And I'll eat a bit more. Enjoy that too. And if my mind, which it will do, and it'll do it about a million times in the next 21 days, if my mind starts going, mm, not sure, oh, I'm, oh, how can I, am I going to cope? Shut up and breathe. Yeah. Shut up and stretch. Get back on it. Stay focused on the one meal at hand. Do, you know, do your next bit of yoga. Do your next bit of email typing. Do your next bit of that. And then you get to the next meal. Stick with the plan. Look at the meal. Enjoy the meal. And if you are present in any goal-setting process, you will probably achieve the goal. It is all about being present and, and just in that moment of that meal. Because people do it. They do this thing where, you know, even if they have a dip of energy, because it's very normal, this. And we, we wanted to discuss this on the show because, you know, it's very popular right now, ketogenic diets and low-carb diets. You're going to have a drop <clears throat> in cognitive uh, energy as well as physical energy. They, they go hand in hand anyway, but you're going to get a bit of a drop because you're doing something new and your body's going to take time to adapt. And But again, being present in that is very important because you're sort of, no, no, don't throw in the towel. You know, you've got to go through this change of coming from carbohydrates to using fat for energy. If you're going to start getting leaner, your body's going to start learning how to use body fat for energy. It takes a bit of time. So you're going to go through a bit of the keto flu. It's like a fluey thing. It makes you, you don't feel rough, rough, but you feel a bit like not quite hundred percent. You've got to have the mindfulness, the presence to just go into the next meal and then the next one. And you might have a surf by day five of doing lower carb and, and, and it doesn't feel the same as your usual surf of high energy, etc. Again, stay present, stick with the plan. Day eight, day nine, day 10, day 12, etc. Oh my God, I'm so glad I've done this. I am so proud of myself that I've stuck with this. Because then you start reaping the rewards and that's how it comes in. But you, you have mentioned, and I think, I don't know if you were going to mention this today on Mind Body Stoke, but I know you are wanting to do a bit of a, <clears throat> something like a sort of shift in. Yeah, because, you know, we've been carbs sort of to toying with those things. Carbs are still my sort of Achilles heel. Although, you know, it's got much, much better than, than I previously was I'm you know regular listeners will know that my biggest thing was to try and shift out more like the imbalance of omega six to threes within my diet. So because I was consuming quite a lot of you know what I thought was fairly minimally processed things, but actually when you when you look at it in, in detail, there's a lot of things within products that you would buy off the shelf in supermarkets that contain things that probably on balance not very good for your overall well being. And as you remove them from you know, it takes time because the cravings are there as well as you remove them. You do feel better over the long term. But I think the point that I would make on all of this stuff as a sort of as somebody who's tried and, and is trying is that, you know, when you look at as a human, uh, you want to have a, a kind of degree of certainty about things or an end point to things. And the more you can disconnect from that 
you know, leaning to when will this finish? When will it be over? And more into the, I'm just doing it. And, and not to think about the exit point, but to think about this is a lifestyle change. I think that's why sort of diets generally don't work because it assumes that there's going to be a period of time where you do something and then after, after which everything is fixed and is this, per, this idea of perfection that you have that you'll get to on the other side. And really the best way of, uh, you know, changing things is to make that change a, a lifestyle so there is no end point to it. And you dip in and out of it. Of course, you don't do it forever because you try and same, you won't surf the same surfboard forever. But if you know that you're not even thinking, when's this over? When's it going to end? What, you get more out of it anyway. So much more out of it. It's a lifestyle change. Yeah. And it's, it, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, you could really sum up all of dietary lifestyle success in live intuitively. <laughs> You could just, like, <clears throat> you could save yourself writing five million words on the latest diet and do this and do this and try that and do fasting. And it, if you're intuitively connected, if you are connected to your heart and your gut, you will never be, never, never, never's a big word, you, you will rarely be far from wellness because you might try a dietary shift you might find actually after time it's it's not quite working how you, you wanted it to you, you you shift things up or down a bit in terms of you know carbs fats protein whatever you're doing uh, or activity level you reduce it you increase it whatever and you go oh this is better so this ability to be able to adjust readjust adjust readjust etc find your balance find your balance is about the relationship you have with your body if your head led and your thoughts are the uh, winner in what in how you live it's going to be much harder I, i've worked with a lot of people over a long time now and people who are head led and they're always thinking 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 they tend you te people tend to overthink things and the overthinking of things is that there's sort of what well, it it's it was working and now it's not and is that because it's wrong and shit and not and you know i know oh i need to be off this and you go whoa 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 whoa, whoa. only time will tell listen to your body, maybe give another day or add a bit more of this. Because there's always something we can get better at. I mean, <clears throat> for example, with the carnivore diet, one of the biggest, uh, and keto diet, one of the biggest things that makes people feel a bit rough longer term is a lack of electrolytes. Because if you're not taking on carbohydrate, you're not storing water like a camel. Now, Liam is the camel because he <laughs> wheezes about once a day. Um, even though you did a really cracking piss at the, um, <laughs> surf, <laughs> on our surf trip the other day. But the point is, is that it could, it could be worth then, rather than throwing in the towel, add a bit of nuance, add a bit of a layer to the whole process. Add, add, add some salts to your, to your um, water because the water is now uh, heavily filtered, as we know. Filters out a lot of the minerals. You need minerals to survive and feel well. So add some mineral drops to your water. Add some salt to it, etc. And you start going, oh, feel a bit better and within a day or within six hours. And then you can, you know, for example, if someone's not pooing <clears throat> on a low-carb diet, because that's often what can happen, and they're feeling a bit cloggy and a bit, ooh, okay, massively increase your fats. Because people are very afraid of fat nowadays. So no, 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 ramp it right, you know, extra knob of butter, like three more tablespoons of coconut oil, you know, lashings of, I was about to say lashings of jizz, I don't know why, <clears throat> lashings of, of duck fat. Yeah. 
um, an extra avo, more egg yolks. And then, you know, a day later, they come back to me and go, oh, I feel so much better. Right. So it's, 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 being, it's basically about having a relationship with your, with your body. I, I think so. And I think some of that sort of legacy of people being afraid of certain things when it comes to food, to, 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 twofold. One is the, the closer you eat to a, you know, a kind of unprocessed, what it is, it's that jerf uh, philosophy, isn't it? Just eat real yeah, food. Yeah, well, remember, it, that's it, a good one. If you only eat that, then you're eating stuff that's identifiable and therefore your body it takes all of the good stuff because it's bioavailable and all of that stuff out of it. And the, the further away you go from that to a hyper-processed sort of food where you're having to put additives and, and worryingly that's kind of the direction of travel for the world, isn't it? This idea that everything's going to be kind of processed because well, for whatever reason, setting aside the politics of it. But there certainly was a time when people, people what they thought they were doing for their best interest was researching stuff around, yeah, taking out fat, reducing their consumption of whatever it might be, organic grass-fed meat from a very local farm and all that stuff because you, you want to be pushed this sort of uh, vegetarian vegan agenda which is great as well by the way i've been in the, been in and out of some of those camps and ultimately what's happening is the information that's often consumed around anything in the world you know particularly look at even sort of surf kit is that you read something and you have to be aware of who's published that study or that survey, but particularly when it comes to food. So the sort of reduction and the removal of fat from people's diets was largely led, wasn't it, by the food industry, big food industry, which was substituting it with sugar which and, and additives and all of the other stuff that goes into that, which fundamentally changes the nutritional uh, value of that food, but also what it then does to your cells and your body and all of that stuff. And I, you know, having eaten lots of that stuff over the years uh, through, you know, just lack of education or convenience and then going into more real food, the changes are pronounced, mm. but it takes time because your body is hooked on the stuff from before. So you've got to kind of work it out of your system but absolutely i think you know some of that real food initiative um, where you know what you're putting into your body mm. is a really big thing for me it's really cool and <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm always very cautious to take information from someone and possibly apply it to my life when it comes from what feels like an unconscious dogmatic view of things and the reason why i'd really listen to someone like paul check who i've always recommended on this show is he's been a vegan vegetarian himself all the way up to carnival has dealt with clients for 40 year year career top athletes anyone else in between and has had them on a vast array of diets um, and would talk about the benefits of being vegetarian for a while if X, Y, Z is happening. The benefits of going on a carnivore diet if X, Y, Z is, is happening. You know, if someone has a really a good uh, overview of this kind of nuance of, of all these different factors that you've got to play, put in play, I really listen to that. You know, yeah. I read my ears, tune in, and I, can, and I can hear the consciousness. You know, Aubrey Marcus is one. He has... Real top vegan guys on there, Rich Roll, people like that, on his show, and then the other, and then, and then a week later he's got Paul Saladino. That's a great show. That that's a Paul Saladino is the is the carnivore MD, and Rich Roll is is an avid uh, vegan vegan. Yeah. And so it doesn't it doesn't really matter what you eat. What matters is how you feel. 
And and Mark Hyman put out this is another is a doctor, Mark Hyman, great mm. guy to worth checking out. He had a post the other day, it was a really good post. Mm. It was just a little meme and it and it said, I've had I've done low carb, I've done high carb, I've done lower fat, I've done lo- higher fat, I've done uh, vegan, I've done vegetarian, I've done uh keto carnivore, I've done I have tried and tested them all and what I've and this is the end of the quote, and I'm paraphrasing this, but and then and, but what I've realized in the end is I've got to eat to what makes me feel good. And once we come away from, well, is it ethical? And once we come away from, or oh, what's it doing to the planet? And what, once we come away from all these things, I'm not saying they're not important uh, questions. They are, of course they are. They're part of the nuance of what you build. But once we are doing thing, things as well as we can on, let, let's say, a level of eco and, and ethics, um, it truly is about being mindfully aware enough of how much our minds and egos form these rigid, because they're very rigid, Beliefs and rigid beliefs are not healthy for anyone. Well, rigid would, beliefs are the ones that can lock us down and can cause the most harm. And cause the most harm. It's that sort of dogma of yep. this is what you should do, and I'm telling you what you should do, not knowing anything about you, your life, your experiences, and and, and often the the most dogmatic kind of voice in anything, whatever you talk. Sometimes surfing, sometimes nutrition, sometimes health, whatever it is are the people that are telling you something about something that they haven't actually either read themselves or investigated themselves. It's just from a point of view of, I'm just, this is what you should do. And I think this, because I've read a little bit there. And, and, and without any sense that people should be free to make up their own mind about what makes them feel good and how they live their lives. And, you know, with the, with a kind of nutritional point of view, it's, it's exactly that, isn't it? You, you want to explore things for yourself and dial in what makes you as a human being feel optimal. With advice, of course, from to- people who've been totally, there and done it. Totally. And, and 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 listen, I've got my own biases involved in what I, in what I say right now. So take that as you will. Um, and at the same time, someone like Paul Saladino, his his podcast, which is Fundamental Health, I think, is it called? Anyway, yep. Paul Saladino, yep. spelled S A L. He's the carnivore MD. Carnivore MD. He is really interesting because out of all of the podcasts I've digested over the years, and that's more than 100, tried and tested different ones. I'm, I'm, I tend to stick to two or three now, but I've, got, I've tried loads of different ones. He will get on top vegan, vegetarian researchers to have debates with him. And it's fucking superb because nobody wins. And this is what's fantastic about some, someone like Paul Saladino. He has the bravery to say... I don't mind someone coming on my show and telling me that I'm wrong. And that, for me, is the kind of guy I want to follow. That, that for me, inspires me. Same. Because I think to myself, shit, this guy is, is willing to put his stuff on the line. And, and that actually, it, makes you, it, it perks you up into, it, it makes you want to follow someone like that even more. Now, I, like I said, I'm, I'm slightly more leaning towards that, that side of things, you know, the, the vegetarian vegan side of things is not some, somewhere where I've gone uh, of, of late. But if if the universe started to give me signals and I started to get clues and I started to have an intuitive calling to, I wouldn't ignore that. There's no there's no no way I would. Why would I? Nothing, nothing, it's just food. Nothing's off the table. It's is still, it? Food is still can still be joy. But the other thing is. The great thing about those shows which have, and, and, I, and I hope that we can walk this path ourselves and, and live this life, is that if, you're, if you've got an 
if you've got a view on something or, or you've researched and it's your 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 take on the world, you, you then and you're not in ego, you don't mind that being challenged, because you 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 can talk about it freely as long as you're you're open to other ideas. You're not trying to hide anything. You're not trying to shut anything down. The worst ones where again I go back to that idea that it's dogmatic and this is a truth that cannot be questioned. Well, there's there's no such thing. Tr- a truth can be questioned over and over and over and over again because it's got nothing to hide. Things that are hiding something can't be questioned in case you stumble upon the one point that is um, going to unravel the the lie, no matter how big, big or small that lie big might time. be. Big time. You know, and we all fall into those traps sometimes of getting lost in our own bias or our own ego. Of course we there's no, There's no one on the planet yeah. who isn't biased. Yeah. We have to all admit that. But the 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 the, the, the pinnacle of, of 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 hopefully harmonious life is where we're able to uh, t- talk about every single aspect of every single bit of the world and life and wellness and all that without it being a this is this is it no 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 discussion hundred percent there's no there's always four or five points to every argument or story or 100%. sides rather rather than one or two. <laughs> Big time. Absolutely, totally agree. And, and going right back to the very beginning of, of what we were discussing with regards to, to carbs, yeah. right? And I want to finish on this because uh, in terms of mind-body stoke, because what Liam and I are doing is we are, do- <clears throat> we are doing a 21 days. I've started today. I've been fasting up to this point. I'm going you to set me up for it now. I, not- I have basically got you doing this without yeah. you even agreeing to do it, which you're more than tired to tell me to fuck off. Um, What's my beer allowance? Exactly, quite. <laughs> You know, Liam starts coming in. Well, what about this? What about what about toast? And anyway, my point is, if even if you're down a, a vegan vegetarian road, dropping carbs is still a smart idea. Here's my thing: if you're if you're uh, lacking abdominal definition and you can't see really any, it is likely that you are fat enough that a lower carb regime would do you a lot of good. So basically, the science is. If you're over 15% for a male and you're over 24% for a female, you are becoming somewhat insulin resistant, a little bit. And insulin resistance means that when your body is trying to deal with carbohydrate, it doesn't deal with it very well. That's, the, that's, that's all you need to know. And because it doesn't deal with it very well, you don't quite get the carbs where they're supposed to go, which is the muscles and the liver. They're going into the bloodstream and they're starting to cause these, these spikes troughs which then also increases fat and doesn't help with inflammation and anyway there's a whole thing going on there with regards to carbs so if you're in that category of, of, of body fat and you wanting to just sort out your health as well as get leaner for, for surfing for example it's, it's dropping carbs right down but then what you got to do is you got to then ramp up your fats not as much protein still you know good amount of protein but you got to really ramp up fat and this is where we've dis- discussed before it's not being shy of just keeping adding and adding fat until you are satiated. So if you have a bowl of soup and you're doing a low-carb bowl of soup because it's got a bit of broccoli in it and, 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 and some butternut squash and a little bit of onion or whatever, just low-carb veggies. It's not got sweet potato or potato in it. It's like a low-carb veggie soup. And if you're eating the soup and you go, ooh, it's a bit, another, another bit chunk of butter. Karen eating it. Oh, that's quite nice. Or oh, add, add a bit more. Oh, this is really nice. This is rich. Because there's a big myth with dieting, a huge myth with dieting, that it needs to be 
really calorie restricted to work. Now, that is the ultimate myth because soon as you really calorie restrict, it's going to be a chore and you're just going to not stop thinking about food. The whole point of why I love a low carb regime is because you, it's joy of food. You know, like a, a four, I mean, I'll, I'll have a, a significant egg omelet. I'll have like sometimes seven or eight egg omelet with all the yolks in, chunk of avocado on the side, and maybe a bit of smoked salmon or whatever, depending on what I'm doing. You get to the end of that, and you're like, I cannot eat for six hours after that. Five, I'm just so satiated. Oh shit, if you eat that many. <laughs> no wonder you're blocked up. Or, you, or be blocked up from the eggs. But the, the point is, is that you're, you're satiated. And yet you're still going to help that body composition as well. It's a real myth that, that you've got to restrict calories. But anyway, if you want to try these things out, hit, hit us up on the show. I've got to also mention on that, that if you want to send us a message on DMs on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, hip, hipsters. Hipsters, please do to get yourself a free uh, half price, I believe, voucher. I need to confirm this. Half price voucher for the Bristol Wave. First 20 people are going to get it. All you're going to have to do is take part in a bit of an interview uh, with someone that asks you about diet and lifestyle stuff. So I just thought I wanted to mention that in the show today. So please get hold of us on Instagram if you want to access some basically discounted the Bristol Wave. Well, um, hopefully we can ask uh, access some discounted Bristol Wave as well. Ourselves, <laughs> exactly. I'll do the interview. Final bit, Surf Media Insight. Uh, anything you want to share, dude? I've, any, I've been, any, any I've, been I've been back in a raw beefs uh, show. You know the one that's kind of um, raw beefs. Damn, was it San Clemente? It's that yeah. kind of California yeah. vibe, yeah. But um, Kalani Rob and his buddies uh, mucking about on the catch surf um, surfboard softboards, and the, the skill level of Kalani to rip on a four foot beta board in uh, yeah microwaves as well. You know, turns spray. Mess, you know, it just absolutely in that mold of he's having a laugh with the conditions that have been presented to him. And he is one of the world's greatest surfers. Of you know, he, he, when when you watch Kalani surf anyway, he has a sort of style and a grace and a elegance about him that makes it look easy. And again, he makes this stuff while he's messing about look easy. And you think, I like all of those things, oh, I can do. I could do that. Well, of course, it would takes a lot of time to get to that level but yeah it's really good fun i mean it's a bit frivolous and messy but it's such easy background surf footage to watch and uh, you might learn something yeah have a look. It, it is good I, I just love how uh relaxed and full of joy that whole vibe is yeah. and you can tell it's authentic you can just tell I, I don't know i don't know how we can tell in life when things are or they aren't but you can tell he just kalani rob is just a relaxed dude who wants to have a good time and and just fart around, have, yeah. have fun. It's it's fantastic, and it, you you feed off that stoke, don't you? One hundred percent. So, guys, thanks so much for, for listening. Nice La to be back. Fi final call again. Please send us a message on on Instagram if you want to get access to that to that voucher, and um, be great to hear from you. And dude, it's nice to be back, isn't it? Yeah, Three we'll weeks off, and guys, see, we're back in the rhythm. See you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye.